This program is brought to you by the Practicing Law Institute, a nonprofit learning organization dedicated to keeping attorneys, professionals, and accountants at the forefront of knowledge and expertise. PLI provides ever-current products and services to satisfy the knowledge and professional development needs of its members, customers, and even the hosts of its podcasts. That's why Chris and I tune into several of PLI's flagship conferences every year, including the annual Institute on Securities Regulation. This year's SecReg conference will take place November 3rd through the 5th via webcast and in person and it promises to be one of the best yet. We sit down with program co-chairs Meredith Cross, Carmen Lawrence, and Keir Gums to talk about the event today on Insecurities. Hello, and welcome to the Insecurities Podcast. Keeping it fresh and staying wonky on the latest securities, regulatory, and enforcement developments with a practitioner's perspective on the stories you should be following. As always, I'm Chris Ekimoff, and I'm here with my co-host, Kurt Wolf. It is good to be with you, as always, Chris. You know, I am really looking forward to the 53rd. 53rd, that's a lot. I don't think we're going to do this for 53 years. But uh, the 53rd (laughs) Annual (laughs) Securities Regulation Institute in November. Uh, And I'm excited to chat with our all-star panel of guests today, who just happen to be the co-chairs of that event. Uh, We're going to learn a little bit about some of the excellent content and incredible speakers they've lined up for the program Of course, our listeners can always learn more about the event online. Just go to pli.edu or you can search for PLI Securities Regulation Institute in your favorite internet search engine. Without further ado, let's get to the good stuff. Why don't we do some introductions? That's right. Starting first with Meredith Cross. She's a partner in the securities and transactional departments in the New York and Washington, D.C. offices of Wilmer Hale. Ms. Cross rejoined the firm in 2013 after serving as the director of the Division of Corporate Finance in the SEC since 2009. She has been a distinguished securities attorney for many years, recognized by Chambers USA, Best Lawyers, and the NACD for her contributions to the legal profession. A frequent speaker at securities and corporate governance law conferences, she's a member of the Steering Committee of the Securities Regulation Institute, a member of the Securities Institute Advisory Committee, and has previously served as a member of the ABA Corporate Laws Committee. She's a member of the Board of Trustees of the SEC Historical Society. You'll remember we had a guest on, Kurt, a few months back to talk about I that. remember. And Ms. Cross is also on the Board of Governors of the Wilmer Eye Institute at Johns Hopkins. Uh, Meredith, we're so glad to have you join us today on the podcast. Welcome to Insecurities. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be a part of this and looking forward to the program and to today's podcast. Thank you for being with us, Meredith. Um, I'm going to introduce Keir Gums, who is the Chief Legal Officer at Broadridge Financial Solutions, where he oversees the legal, compliance, and physical security teams. Prior to joining Broadridge, Keir served as Deputy General Counsel and Deputy Corporate Secretary of Uber Technologies. 
Before Uber, Kier was a partner at Covington in Burling for nearly a decade, where he advised clients on securities and governance matters. He also spent six years at the SEC, where, among other things, he served as a special counsel in the Office of Chief Counsel in the SEC's Division of Corporate Finance, and as counsel to SEC Commissioner Roel Campos. Kier, we're very excited to have you with us on the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here. And Carmen Lawrence is an attorney who focuses on securities-related government investigations and litigation at King & Spaulding. As a partner in King & Spaulding's Special Matters and Investigations Practice and co-lead of the Securities Enforcement and Regulation Practice, Carmen represents public and private companies in a range of securities-related regulatory and business matters. Previous to her time at King & Spaulding, Carmen was the regional director of the SEC's Northeast regional office, uh, the largest region covering 14 U.S. states and the District of Columbia. Uh, she oversaw some of the SEC's most significant cases and issues being brought during that time. Carmen's a frequent speaker and lecturer in the continuing legal education programs on federal securities matters. She's received consistent recognition from Chambers USA as a leading individual for securities regulation and for litigation, white collar crime and government investigations, as well as financial services litigation. Carmen, thank you so much for joining us today on Insecurities. Thank you and happy to be here today with you and my co-chairs. Looking forward to our discussion today. Kurt, we talked a bit up top about the topical relevance of PLI's 53rd Annual Institute on Securities Regulation. But mm -hmm. there's another note here as we're kind of all starting to stretch our, our legs as we get hopefully further away from the pandemic. Yes. This is going to be one of the first conferences that PLI is again offering in person. All right. uh, they're, 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 it's been about 18 months, I think, Kurt, since we've, at least we've been together at a, at a PLI been a while, event. buddy. Yeah. And I know, I know our friends, uh, you know, on the production team are, are ready to, to get back in, in the room with folks. So we want to talk a little bit about PLI's policy and how uh, this program will, will be administered as well as others. So uh, beginning on October 1st of 2021, PLI will be offering in-person programming at its New York City office and San Francisco office locations. Uh, they're very excited to welcome people back into the buildings who prefer to attend these events in person uh, and have also spent a lot of time thinking critically about how they can keep folks safe and engaged throughout that time. So as with any organization, PLI has put out what they're calling the safe return policy. Not an attorney here, not giving you all the nuts and bolts. If you're interested <laughs> in more about the safe return policy with PLI, you can go to www.pli.edu slash programs slash safe hyphen return. So that's safe dash return being the end of that. I'm looking forward to getting back on site with PLI, but let's talk a little bit more, Kurt, about the program itself. Yes. Cheers to the return to in-person programs at PLI, but a good note, you can always catch it online if you are out of town or if that's your preference, uh, November 3rd through the 5th. Uh, mark your calendars, everyone. Okay. So before we dive in with our guests, we want to give a little bit of background on PLI's Institute on Securities Regulation, and then the co-chairs can tell us a little more about the details. Uh, the Institute on Securities Regulation brings together the nation's leading securities and corporate legal experts to deliver practical information, insights, and real-world strategies and solutions to the challenges facing you and your clients today. The program includes approximately 20 panel discussions over three days on securities regulatory 
and corporate governance hot topics like the latest developments in the capital markets, including crypto and ESG-related issues, financing issues for public companies, including the impact of SPAC exit alternatives and private company de-SPACing. I, I always love de-SPACing, Chris. It's like my favorite thing to say. Uh, <laughs> Chris, this one's for you. Uh, accounting and auditing developments that companies, audit committees, and council need to know. Uh, recent developments in Delaware law, updates on enforcement priorities, key considerations in defending and resolving securities litigation, and I'm, I'm going to say much more, but honestly, much, much more. I, I didn't come anywhere close to covering 20 panels or all of the topics That's right. that they're going to get at. Chris, I know you and I have both spent a little bit of time reading through the agenda. Uh, anything on there that jumps out at you that you're particularly excited about? Well, I mean, it's pretty limiting, Kurt, to say that the accounting and auditing developments panel is just for me. It is for everyone. Everyone can get involved in a 10. So that's on the afternoon of November 4th. You know, really a, a great set of folks. John White of Cravath will be moderating the discussion with Marie Gallagher of PepsiCo, Lindsay McCord, who's the chief accountant for Corp Fin, uh, and Kyle Moffat of PwC. I love one of the taglines that they have for their topics, and it is, quote, what's keeping audit committee members up at night? Mm -hmm. End quote. So I work with audit committee members all the time on internal investigations and financial fraud allegations and accounting issues. So I'm interested to see if my experience with those audit committee members, maybe those sleep deprived audit committee members are, are for the same reasons that uh, that they're focused on at the conference coming in November. Uh, also, we're hitting on a few things in the accounting world that we've talked about, Kurt, you and I on, on this podcast on insecurities, including that redo of the goodwill model by the Financial Accounting Standards Board, the importance of performance measures and non-GAAP reporting and accounting and finance's continually evolving role in reporting ESG data. Finally, they're also going to talk about one of the things we've hit on too, uh, changes at the PCAOB. You know, the Public Company Accounting or Audit Oversight Board, uh, their leadership has changed uh, over a bit this year, and that's gotten a lot of attention in the media. So I'm interested in what that panel is going to share. Uh, I know I'll be glued to my chair, as will the rest of the accounting and audit lovers in the audience. How about you, Kurt? What are you looking forward to? I love that. Uh, you know what's keeping them up at night. When I was when I was a very junior attorney, I remember a partner telling me, "Like you're doing your job well if you're helping your clients sleep better at night." So I, I guess it's true for you too, Chris. Uh, but maybe my interests mm -hmm. are not are not necessarily focusing on things like goodwill accounting. Um, although we still need to do that episode. <laughs> what's jumping out to me are are really the enforcement related <laughs> panels, and that is. Day three is heavy on the enforcement of litigation. Uh, that's when we're, we'll hear from uh, Gabir Grewal, who is the new or, or maybe now newish director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. Uh, more on that in a couple of minutes. Uh, there's also a panel that presents the government's perspective on major cases and enforcement. They're going to be covering things like ESG, cybersecurity, digital assets, meme stocks, retail trading, the FCPA, among other things. That panel features Melissa Hodgman, who, Chris, you'll recall, was the acting director of enforcement That's right. for uh, for quite some time before uh, Gabir Graywall took over uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, and immediately after Melissa Hodgman's panel, and I got to tell you, I, I love this, uh, the defense bar gets a whole panel to rebut the government perspective by, by presenting <laughs> <laughs> the perspective of the defense bar. So I think that's, I think that's fantastic. Uh, There'll be a lot of cheers in the audience at that point, I think. <laughs> yeah, virtual cheers from some attendees. Uh, so the, the entire conference looks great, but I'm, I'm really excited about Friday the 5th. Um, before we jump over to the guests, I just want to make a note, too, about 
just the the incredible, I mean, truly remarkable panelists that uh, that our co-chairs have managed to pull together for this conference. Um, they include uh, former SEC commissioner and former insecurities guest Rob Jackson, current SEC commissioner Alad Roisman, uh, the new uh, director of the SEC's Division of Corporate Finance, Renee Jones, as I mentioned, the new director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement, Gabriel Graywall, uh, several former directors or co-directors of the Division of Enforcement, including uh, Carmen's partner at King & Spalding, Dick Walker, Meredith's partners at Wilmer Hale, Stephanie Avakian and Bill McLucas, Andrew Ceresny of Debevoys, Linda Chapman Thompson of Davis Polk. We've also got the former chief counsel in the Division of Enforcement, Joan McCown uh, of Jones Day, another former guest on our show. We've got Jane Norberg, the former head of the SEC's Office of the Whistleblower, who was on Insecurities just a couple of weeks ago. That's right. And, and, and many more. We've got Dixie Johnson from King & Spalding, Colleen Mahoney from Skadden, Thomas Kim from Gibson Dunn. I mean, it, it's an all-star cast. So uh, kudos to the co-chairs for pulling together such an incredible bunch of people, but also for the listeners, like we're serious, you should check this one out because the excellent speakers just keep coming at you one after another. So anyway, that's enough of us, Chris. Let's actually talk to our co-chairs since we've got them here. I cannot imagine the stress and excitement and fun and maybe what's keeping the co-chairs up at night as the program comes closer, uh, especially <laughs> right. as we're in this changing logistical environment as well. And and one of the things that I know, as we spoke prior to, to hitting record today, the, the co-chairs have been focused on what uh, attendees will get out of this program. And that's that's really been a focus at PLI and then as well as at the Sec Reg Institute uh, for a long time. So, Carmen, I want to I want to turn to you. And, and what are you focused on when you're providing this conference? What do you hope attendees will get out of it uh, after these three great days? Sure. So we are hoping that the audience comes away with, uh, to coin a phrase, the greatest and the latest um, information regarding developments in the federal securities laws and securities regulation, market trends and significant issues in offerings, transactions and disclosures, and the government's enforcement priorities and agenda. Now, in designing the program, we really try to take an holistic approach, identifying the current key issues, trends, developments, and then looking at those from a 360-degree perspective to make sure we are bringing into the discussion all significant relevant aspects. We are particularly focused on providing the audience with an understanding of the signals, the messages being sent by the regulators, so that the attendees know where the SEC and the securities laws are now, and maybe even more importantly, where they're going to be over the course of the next year. So often the audience comes to the program with common issues and problems, and we strive to have them leave with potential solutions. You know, it's a comprehensive program, so there really should be something for everyone during those three days. That's excellent. Keir, uh, Meredith, anything else that you're looking forward to, to provide to those attendees? You know, the thing about this conference, from my perspective, is that it really is, and it has has always been, as, as far as my career is concerned, uh, one of the most significant securities law events of the year. And I recall back when I was on the staff, there, there was so much excitement about this particular conference because it, it's one of those rare opportunities where you get the mix of academics, you get practitioners, you get in-house people, and you have the staff all there together talking about 
the cutting edge issues affecting uh, corporate governance, securities, finance, and accounting matters. And so there's that kind of historical nostalgic uh, approach and perspective that I have on this. But on top of that, I also think it's really useful, uh, particularly in this very fast paced environment with rulemaking and regulatory developments to have the opportunity to sit down and hear from the staff themselves about their perspectives on some of the things that they're working on, what, what they're looking at in terms of industry practices and areas of focus. And so I think it's a real value that uh, all of the panels that we've got um, focus on those issues and that we've got the SEC staff themselves there to provide their perspective and lens on some of those cutting edge issues. And I would I'd jump in and say, um, so I've been coming to this, believe it or not, since about 1984, um, when I was a, a young associate, and it, it really does have something for everyone and is just an exciting event every year. It's been hard while we've been remote. I won't pretend it hasn't been, um, but I think that our, our fearless leader, Grace O'Hanlon from PLI, has done a great job of keeping it all together. What I would say, a couple things that, that I look forward to for the program uh this year. One is that we have Kier as our new co-chair. So it's very exciting to have Kier. I, I love working with him and Kier and Carmen and I have a great relationship working working on the program. So that's a that I think will come across to the attendees who will see that we've worked together to put something together that hopefully will resonate with everyone. The other thing I would say is that we try to both bring everything new and exciting, but also give you useful information. So attendees can listen to it, watch it, be there in person, whatever they want, and come away knowing what they need to do when they get back to the office and are or, or working from home, whatever they're doing uh, these days, how to, how to advise their clients, how to get ready for the upcoming proxy season, how, what they should be worrying about for their annual reports. All of those things is, is what's special about this program is that it brings together, you know, the shining lights of the securities bar combined with, we all know that people need practical information. They, they're not just interested in hearing what people are thinking about. They actually want to know what to do. And I think that's a, a special thing about this program. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Meredith. It's something that I think PLI does well in terms of giving people content that they can actually go out into the world and, and use. Uh, so I, I do think it's something that's special about this particular conference. Uh, and, and I like the way you're thinking about it. I can tell there's some good there's some good team mojo here, whether we're talking about uh, new and exciting or greatest and latest. It seems like you kind of have a common vision but it can be hard to to plan a three-day event, to kind of bring that vision and spread it across a bunch of different panels with a bunch of different speakers. Uh, it, it's a major undertaking. So I'd be curious to to know how uh, how you think about kind of plotting this out. Where where what topics do you want to cover? Where are we going to put the different panels? Who are the who are the right speakers for those panels? Uh, you know, Meredith, I know you've been one of the program co chairs in the past, so I'll kick that question to you. How did you think about the planning? It's a great question, and I've chaired a lot of programs, so it's uh, you know you, you each time you start into these, you you try to get into the to the rhythm of how they're done. With the annual institute. The, there are certain panels that we always have because people need them. The capital formation panel, the, um, the private placements panel, 
the proxy panel. There's certain ones that that we know we need to get across information for the attendees because they need it for their regular work. Then we look for what are the new interesting topics that we can provide useful information about. So for example, this year we have the panel, both we have one on climate because that's a very complicated topic that you really deserves a deep dive. And then we have another one on the SNG of ESG because each one of these is now taking up a, a lot of time in helping clients comp- uh, with their annual reporting and their and their annual meetings. Those are both getting their own panel this year. Another thing that I would say I, that we we think very hard about to make sure we get across and and are successful at is bringing in new people as speakers. We well we really would love to have everyone back every year. We can't do that, of course. And we want to make sure that we're bringing along new folks for people to hear and get their perspectives. And this year, I I got the information from Grace. We have 20 new speakers, which is a lot of new speakers. Um, And it's, it's refreshing to hear the perspectives of all the different people we can bring together. And so as we're plotting it out, we think about where might we put new people? What topics might best bring out uh, what they have to offer? But at the same time, what is useful? So it's a it's a it's a terrific exercise. It it we have a lot of planning calls, uh, the three of us with Grace um, coming coming up with the plan, and then after we sketch it out, we pressure test it a lot to see is this really going to work, and we sometimes have to move panels around because of when speakers are available and the like. Um, but it is a, a very good um, exercise that we go through. Excellent. Uh, Kier or Carmen, I don't know if you would add anything on the, the planning process. I just wanted to talk a little bit about day three because um, I mentioned in your overview, you know, day three is focused um, on issues relating to government investigations, securities litigation, and independent internal investigations. And we tend to see a drop off in attendance uh, sometimes on day three. So one of our key goals is sort of a focus on how to make day three relevant to a corporate audience. Not that the entire audience is is, is a corporate audience, but uh, both in fact and in perception by weaving in many of the topics covered day one and two, but with an enforcement litigation uh, perspective. Well, I love it, Carmen. I'll be there for, for day three, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for that defense that. bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, well and, and look, we're going to talk about it in a second, but we do kick day three off with an all-star. First, we have Alain Griezmann, and then we follow with Gerbeer Grewal. So it's a, a nice way to get people there and engaged early in the day on, on, on day three. And with the great programming that Carmen and Meredith and others have put together, I think it'll keep people there and engaged for the rest of the day as well. Oftentimes, we'll have that nice uh, necessary ethics discussion happen very late on the last day to ensure that everybody will be in attendance for their 
appropriate credit. But uh, back to that all-star uh, cask here. Um, want to talk a little bit about the fireside chat with the lad Royceman, which is at nine o'clock on November 5th. Uh, the details on the website are lighter than some of the other programs. And I'm interested is that, uh, <laughs> can we get a little bit of a teaser about what we're going to talk with Commissioner Royceman about? Or, or, or what do you think we're going to be uh, sharing on, on the morning of that day with, with the commissioner? Well, it's always exciting to have a little bit of mystery. And so we do want to maintain some of that. But, you, Excellent. Know, you know, one of the key things, I think a lot of Royceman, look, he's, he's a commissioner. He's been there since 2018. He was acting chair for a moment. And, and I think he's seen a lot in his time as a commissioner. And I think one of the things we're, we're certainly going to talk about is this very ambitious agenda that the SEC has in front of it right now. Uh, you know, last year, we, uh, I, was, I had the fortune of having a fireside chat with a lot about uh, ESG and sustainability and climate-related matters. It was a really engaging conversation, and it really is very interesting, particularly now as the SEC is gearing up to explore a potential rulemaking on the topic. And he had some really great, I think, observations and perspectives that I'm hoping he'll be able to share with us again in connection with this conference. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg, because obviously there are a ton of other things that, that are on the current SEC's agenda, uh, ranging from enhancing proxy disclosures to looking at uh, other ESG-related disclosures, including potentially human capital. There's a ton of capital markets and market regulation-related rulemakings that are on the SEC's plate. And so I think one of the challenges we'll have is narrowing down the list of topics because we don't have all that much time. But I do expect it will be a very engaging conversation and a lot is a really fun and interesting speaker and we're very lucky to have him one thing i think will be interesting i'll I'll chime in a bit on this is is going to be his perspective on the rulemakings that are expected to be on the agenda that will that would reverse the the rules that were adopted not too long ago um and you know without he's he's a, a a very um friendly and, and, and wonderful person to talk with. And I'm, I'm sure we'll have an engaging conversation with him about, about that activity. Yeah, I would agree. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, he, he is always an engaging and thoughtful speaker, um, as are you both. So I know it, I know it's going to be a good conversation, uh, but it is, you know, one among, as we've said, some some very good panels. Another that we'd like to highlight, we're, we're sort of calling them the, the feature panels, but maybe maybe that's just our subjective view. Uh, we've we've mentioned it a couple times that there's going to be a discussion with the new director of enforcement, Grabeer Graywall. Uh, that panel is also on Friday. Um, pretty soon, if not immediately after the chat with Commissioner Royceman, and it is called Up Close with the SEC's Division of Enforcement, another another good title. Um, I think this is particularly interesting because it will be one of, uh, of Gabriel Graywall's first public speaking appearances as Director of Enforcement. I think maybe it'll be his second or third. So that's pretty cool to, to get him on the stage with you uh, relatively early in his tenure. Um, but Carmen, I think that you are moderating that panel. So tell us a little bit about it. Yes, and we we are so excited um, to have Gabir uh, join us. You know, as you know, just uh, starting that role, he's got a lot of things on his plate, and to take uh, the time out and to join us for uh, a, a 
interesting and informative conversation. Um, is, is we're very appreciative of that. So he's going to be part of the kickoff uh, for three, and it's a thirty-minute uh, Q and A session. Um, I'll be conducting the interview, and and I've tried to compile a list of interesting and probing questions. We'll see how that goes, and and no, I'm not prepared to share them with you today. <laughs> we um, almost had it. Oh, almost exactly. got the scoop. No, no, <laughs> we're so not close. Happening. So you know, look, Gabir is a very experienced and seasoned prosecutor. Yeah. He served in very various agencies and various roles and positions, uh, including he was at AUSA in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York, and also in the District of New Jersey, where, in fact, he served as chief of the Economic Crimes Unit and oversaw numerous major white-collar matters and cyber crimes. He served as Bergen County Prosecutor, and then his immediate position before uh, Division Director was serving as New Jersey's Attorney General. So we expect to hear that he has a very aggressive enforcement agenda that he intends to implement in his new role. He has been on the job only since the end of July and has, as you mentioned, given many speeches. So his view of uh, SEC enforcement is somewhat of a mystery. Um, And much of the fiscal year's results really doesn't have his imprint. Uh, But nevertheless, it will be very informative to hear his views on the mix of cases and their significance, whether he's rethinking any of enforcement's policies, such as cooperation, for example, and the priority areas of the division in the upcoming year. No doubt everyone's going to be hanging on his every word and trying to read the teeths, especially the defense bar. So we're really looking forward to it. One other area that Kurt and I are always interested in, or maybe where our accounting and legal minds align, relates to Corp Finn. And and Meredith, there's a a great panel on the second day, uh, Corp Finn Hot Topics. What's on the agenda for Division of Corporate Finance? Uh, I believe that they'll be participating. uh, Renee Jones, who's the current director of the Corporate Finance Division, uh, will be participating in that panel. So, Meredith, what are your thoughts on on what's going to be discussed with with Corp Finn and and where that conversation is going to go? We're going to be very interested to hear um, what Renee has to say. You know, she is new to the position and new to the government and hasn't done this 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 uh, format before with us. So it'll be a fun conversation. She's very friendly when I talk to her. Um, and so I look forward to just a, a, a nice conversation. I think I think Kira and I are doing this one together, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that I would expect she'll go through the rulemaking agenda, which is pretty well known um, with with climate disclosure and human capital and proxy advisors and Rule 14A8. Um, so that will all be on the agenda for sure. I think it will also be interesting to, to engage with her. I'm hope, hopefully she will on the topic of the uh, comment letters that have gone out to so many companies on their climate disclosure or, and the, and then the letter they posted to the website about that topic, which delves into compliance with the 2010 climate guidance and also looks at things like how does your disclosure in your CSR report compare to your 10K disclosure on climate. So that'll be a, a very interesting discussion It'll also be, you know, we usually like to talk about what areas are they commenting on and on filings, and I'm hopeful that she will share some information on that and what her priorities are for the division. Uh, That will be 
uh, those are all the kinds of things that I would expect we will talk with her about and we'll see how much she's willing to share. <laughs> That's always the, the balance. Um, but it will still be great to hear from her, especially since she's relatively new in the role, as you say. Uh, so we've highlighted a few of the panels that we think are going to be particularly interesting or that have particularly uh, interesting guests. But we've learned in the past that sometimes the co-chairs have in their heads a couple of panels that they're really excited about that maybe didn't jump out to Chris or to me. So I want to give each of you a chance to highlight another panel or two that you're really looking forward to because of the topic or the speakers. Uh, and, and so that our listeners will know to maybe, hey, tune in for this one on day one. Uh, so Kier, why don't we start with you? Is there another panel or two that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I think there are two that stand out to me. And look, we've, we've talked about one of them. One of them is the SNG in ESG, which, you know, I've yeah. Meredith mentioned it earlier, but I just want to double down. I think it's a really important and interesting topic for, for conversation. And here's the truth of it. When people talk about ESG, there's a ton of focus on the E. So there's a ton of discussion around climate and those issues, there's some discussion around the G, but then the discussion around the S, the social part of, of ESG, uh, it's a lot more varied. And one of the things I'm really looking forward to in this conversation is a discussion about some of the key aspects of the, the S part of, of uh, ESG, focusing not just on diversity issues, human capital more broadly, how companies are putting together their uh, S&G disclosures, those sorts of issues. So that's one. And then the other one that really stands out, which I think is always a, a perennial you know, favorite, is the, the, the focus on the Corp Fin agenda specifically, which again, Meredith and I will be doing together with Renee Jones. And as Meredith pointed out, you know, it, it'll really be, it, it's an interesting and ambitious agenda that the SEC has in front of it. Renee is new to the organization. She's, by the time we do this in November, it won't even have been a full year. And I think it'll be really interesting to hear her perspectives, her initial thoughts, at least, on the division of corporation finance, what they're going to be doing this year, and how the heck they're going to tackle this really ambitious agenda that Chairman Gensler has put in front of them. Now, that's all great, Kier. Carmen, what do you think are going to be the panels you would point uh, folks to, in your opinion? You know, you mentioned them earlier. Uh, I'm particularly interested in the ethics panels, uh, both the, the one on uh, day two, which is the ethical issues in uh, transactional settings, uh, as well as the day three ethics in the investigation and litigation settings. You know, I find that it's a real challenge to spot many of the ethical landmines and know how to avoid them or how to resolve them when you're in the thick of the day-to-day -day work and you sort of lack uh, the subject matter expertise. It really is not intuitive, at least not for me. And I'm not, I know how to be ethical, but, you know, really when sometimes when you have, uh, when the issues arise, it's not all that apparent um, that there's a you know a conflict of interest or another ethical issue uh, that is impacted, and these panels alert me to some of the the key ethics issues surfacing in the practice areas and sensitizes me so that I'm better able uh, to issue spot. And, and I have to say that it's you know for me as an enforcement lawyer, it's the same uh, thing when I listen to day one and day two, and um, and really do enjoy joy and learn so much uh, from uh, the those um, non-enforcement 
uh, panels. Um, it really does, again, sensitize me to the issues because there is a correlation, if you will, between the regulatory agenda uh, and the enforcement agenda. Because what's important, for example, to the Division of Corporation Finance is going to be important to the SEC's uh, Division um, of Enforcement. Um, so understanding sort of, you know, the the agenda from the subject matter uh, divisions helps me better to anticipate and deal with um, the enforcement um, matters that that come before me. So I, I really, it's hard to, to really identify any one in particular, but Meredith and Keir have done just a phenomenal job uh, in particular with day uh, one and day two. And I'm looking forward to every aspect of it, frankly. Yeah, I'm glad that you flagged the uh, the ethics panels, Carmen. I actually tune into them every year because, you know, I need my CLE, but because they're they're great um, time after time. So I would highly encourage folks to tune in for those panels. Meredith, I think this gives you the uh, the last word or the last chance to flag a panel or two that you are particularly excited about. So I really like the practical panels, I will say, um, because I know that that people take away from those what they then go back to their office and try to do right away, whether it's their home office or their office office. Um, And so the two that I would highlight are the disclosure developments for public companies led by Karen Garnett and then the proxy season hot topics led by Lily Brown. Those two bring together, you know, real stars in, in those practice areas and go through the topics that you really need to know about if you're going to do this kind of work well. So, for example, the the disclosure developments panel gets into cybersecurity risk. And that's something that there's going to be rulemaking on. That's something that the SolarWinds enforcement sweep is focused on. Everybody needs to know what to do with cybersecurity risk right now. So that'll be really helpful to hear what people have to say for that. And then on the on the proxy season hot topics, that one is going to be really interesting in light of what happened with the rulemakings on shareholder proposals and proxy advisory firms. Uh, when you, which you know, were done, I guess last year, and are now going to be revisited. And and how what's going to happen with this year's shareholder proposal season? They'll, they'll be good at wrapping up what happened in 2021 and then letting people get a sense for 2022. And with the leadership changes at the SEC and the discussions around shareholder proposals being so um, heated, it'll be fascinating to hear what the, the um, stars on that panel would predict will be coming for 2022 based on what they've seen so far, including from companies that have fiscal years that have already ended and already in with the staff on on shareholder proposals. So those are those are the two that I, I, I highly recommend. Excellent. Thank you for sharing.
I think that's a great rundown, and we're going to stick with that tagline, the greatest and the latest uh, for this 53rd iteration of the Securities Regulation Institute. Again, we're looking forward to to attending, whether remotely or in person, on November 3rd through the 5th. For more information on, on the program itself, uh, as well as that safe return policy we discussed, check out pli.edu. Uh, Kurt, you know, I know we're both very excited and happy that, that the co-chairs of this program could have joined us for, for today's podcast. So thank, thank you you all for for coming on and telling us a little more about the program. Thank you. It was fun. Enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Insecurities Podcast. And a special thanks to our guests, Meredith Cross of Wilmer Hale, Cure Gums of Broadridge Financial Solutions, and Carmen Lawrence of King & Spaulding. As always, we want to hear from you regarding your thoughts, comments, and topics for discussion on future episodes of Insecurities. Please use the hashtag InsecuritiesPod on Twitter or LinkedIn to join the conversation. You can find me at CPA, And I'm at Enforce underscore Update. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Insecurities Podcast wherever you listen. Be well, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Insecurities, a podcast from PLI, the Practicing Law Institute. PLI is a nonprofit provider of authoritative professional services training and continuing education. In an increasingly complex business environment where intricate corporate structures reign, Insecurities can help you make sense of it all. A special thanks goes to the producer of Insecurities, Daniel Pinitz, as well as hosts Chris Ekimoff and Kurt Wolf. For more information about PLI's SEC Institute, or to view hundreds of hours of fresh and relevant on-demand programming covering changes within the security sector, visit pli.edu membership and sign up for a privileged membership. These recorded materials are designed for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal, audit, tax, consulting, business, financial, investment, or other professional advice, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please consult a qualified professional advisor before taking any action based on the information herein. Furthermore, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual participants. These views are not the views of the hosts or their employers. Users of this podcast may save and use the podcast only for personal or other non-commercial educational purposes. No other use, including without limitation, reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission from PLI.